If you're ready to create more wealth and success in your life than ever before, this podcast is for you. Robert Allen, New York Times bestselling author and real estate investing expert, has helped thousands of people learn how to accumulate wealth and multiply it quickly through real estate investing. If you're ready to move forward faster and create the wealth you've always dreamed about, then we have exactly what you need on No Money Down with Robert Allen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Creating Wealth. My name is Marjorie Roman, and we're here with our amazing mentor in real estate, Robert Allen. How are you doing, Robert? I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Some people here are beginners. Some of them are intermediate. Some of you are advanced. I like to talk to the beginners and the intermediates because that's been my my career. And I'll tell you why. Because when I ask an audience, whenever I'm speaking around the world, I'm asking, how many of you are beginners? And, you know, 90% of the people are going to raise their hands. Uh, usually when they get to intermediate or advanced, they think they know it all, you know. So as a beginner, if you're in a one to five property range, you're, you're at the very beginning. And the goal, obviously, is to get you where you're owning 100 or 200 units like that. But uh, let's start you with one or two. And sometimes some of you have zero. And Marjorie, if they have zero, this is exactly who you want to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect podcast for you to listen to. We're going to give you all the tips and tricks so you can get started into the real estate game, which is a super fun game to play. Um, so tell us, Robert, what was your experience when you bought your very first property? And what are some of the lessons that you learned from it? I remember how terrified I was to give up my $1,000 down payment to give it to a seller. And I, I didn't have a job. I was kind of like a commission guy helping my mentor sell some vacant land. And I'd never sold real estate before and I'd never made a commission before. I just was in college. But when I got out of college and couldn't find a job, my, my mentor started to coach me on what to do. And I remember how terrified I was when I realized I'd have to sign my name to obligate myself to two really dangerous things. The first one was to give up all my money and have no money left. Oh, wow. That was everything I had. Number two was I couldn't pay the entire money for the down payment. I, the seller wanted to cash out. And I said, well, I'll give you some money in two months from now. I'll give you a chunk of money in two months from now. And I'll give you another chunk of money in two months after that. Now, where were these chunks going to come from? $1,000, dollars $3,000. I didn't know. Oh, wow. I had to really take a leap of faith. You talked about leap of faith. I leaped off the cliff. I gave them everything I had, and now I have to come up with some more money in two months from now with no job. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that when you buy a piece of real estate, you, didn't, you don't have to buy it forever. I didn't realize that I could flip it within two months and not have to pay that balloon payment. When I bought it, I didn't even understand that selling thing. I, we call it just selling, buying and selling. Mm-hmm. Today they call it flipping, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I flipped it, but I didn't even know what I was doing. But what I did was did a little fix up on it. And the neighbor who was watching me fix it up had just come in from out of town when the property had gone on the market for sale. Mm-hmm. I bought it before he got back from a, a foreign trip. And he wanted to buy it himself. He wanted it. He was his neighbor. <laughs> he wanted to buy the house next door. And I bought it in the middle of it. And he says, I'll pay you. Of course, 1000 was a lot of money to me back then. I said, I'll pay you $6,000. Oh, wow. Now, remember, this was you know a couple of decades ago, three decades ago, maybe more. And uh, <laughs> so you know, $6,000 today is nothing. But back then, to me, it was like 500% on my money. Right. Are you kidding? 
So I parlayed that. So this is the strategy for you beginners. You have to get into something. So when you get in, the market price you pay, let's, let's suppose you're, you're good enough to buy a little bit below the market. Let's say 5 10% or more. Then, uh, then let's use uh, a $100,000 house. There aren't any, but let's just use that for numbers for ease of illustration. So you, 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 you look and you see all the properties are 100 and you find one that you can buy for 90. Okay, great. So you have 10,000 in equity. Now you're going to put some money down. In my case, I put $1,000 down. So now my mortgage is 89. So I have 11,000 in equity, right? Okay. Now, what am I going to do? I'm going to increase its value. I'm going to take it from its market value, what I paid for it, and hopefully inflation will take it higher, or I'll do fix up to take it higher, or I'll increase its rents to take it higher, or I'll change its zoning to take it higher. I'm, I'm going to do something. Let's suppose you don't do anything, but you go in and paint where for a couple hundred dollars, you and your significant other go in there and paint the place maybe clean the carpets, uh, mow the lawns, you know, clean it up a little bit. You've increased its value because somebody coming through that property is going to see a property where all the hard work has been done. And just usually cosmetic stuff has been done. I guarantee you it will increase its value. So you bought it at 100. Could you increase it to 110? If you increased it to 110, that means your loan is 89 and the value is 110. You're going to want to sell it. You don't want a commission involved in there because... That would suck up 7,000 of your equity. You have, how much equity do you have? You have 21,000 in equity, 21,000. If, if the realtor comes in and takes a chunk of that, for now, eventually you'll use realtors a lot more and you'll, you'll use them to buy. But when you sell, you know, it, it, it's an expense. And in the beginning, you're trying to save pennies on it, right? So maybe unless the seller, unless the realtor can tell you that they can get you 120, and you were thinking, ah, 110 is what I think I could get. They could get you more. Maybe that maybe it might be worth the commission. But anyway, you got 21,000 in equity. Now, how did you start out? You started out with 1,000 in equity, 1,000 in cash, in my case. I turned that into 21,000. And how soon? Could have been could have been 90 days. So now you're sitting on a $21,000 equity. What do you do with that? You could trade it for another apartment building, a small apartment, a house, or something else a bit, little bit bigger, something that needs to be fixed up. You could turn that equity into another equity by trading, and therefore you get a, a tax a tax cut by, I call it a 1031 exchange, where the government doesn't charge you the taxes you made on that property. You made 20,000 in profit on that property. What are you gonna do? Have the government take a third of it? No, I wanna exchange it for something else so the equity equity's intact. So now I'm going to do the same thing. My down payment was 21. I'm going to buy it below the market. Let's say it's a $200,000 property this time. Hope you're not getting lost in the numbers. 200,000, I'm going to buy it 10% below the market, which is 180. I'm going to put my down payment of 21,000 into it. There's some costs in there, so maybe I only get 15,000 into it because of closing costs, etc. So $200,000 property, now bought at 180 with a down payment of 15. So now we're at uh, 65, 165. That's the mortgage. What's your equity? It's it's $35,000. Just by buying it, you turned it into, you turned the 21 into 35. Now let's fix it up. Let's do some cosmetic work. Or the more money you invest in it, the higher you hope that that property value will go. But let's just say 10%, you know, minimal. And with a market like this, that's very realistic. Now it's worth 220. 
what's your equity? You know, your equity is $55,000. And just with two, two exchanges, you've gone from $1,000 to $55,000. Now I try to exchange it for somebody else. Why would somebody exchange for your property? Maybe they own a small mobile home park and that drives them nuts and they hate it. <laughs> they, they hate it. They, they inherited it from their father who loved it. And they hated it because they had to go in and clean out those stupid mobile homes for their dad, you know? And so they, they want to get rid of it, you know? Why would they take your home as a down payment for a mobile home park, for instance? So you got $55,000 in equity, which is a lot. They don't have to know that you started out a thousand bucks like 90 days ago, <laughs> you know? Well, they want to get rid of their, their, their headache. And now your property is not a headache. It's fixed up. It looks nice. Maybe they move into it. Maybe they rent it out. Less of a headache to rent out one single-family home than to have like a 20-unit mobile home park or a five-unit apartment building or something like that. So now we buy it, how much? Ten, at least 10% below the market. So suppose it's a $400,000 mobile home park. I'm just making the numbers up to show you. You buy it 10% below the market, that's, that's $40,000. You put your down payment, which is $55,000, so about a hundred grand. By buying it low and putting all the money into it, you now have a loan of only $300,000, roughly. And let's increase its value. Let's kick out all those bad tenants. Let's, you know, let's increase its value dramatically. Let's, this time, let's go for, for 20%. You know, now we're going 40, that's, that's 480, 480,000. And your equity in that park is a hundred thousand plus the eighty increase in value that you're into at a hundred and eighty grand. That's your that's your profit. Can you see by doing this like three or four more times, like within a three year period of time, you could literally be a millionaire, which is exactly what happened to me. I kept parlaying. This is the word you want to know. To parlay, you take your investment and you parlay it. Meaning you go into another bigger property with greater potential, increased value, increased uh, uh, fix-up potential. So you parlay your way from $1,000, as I did, into $1 million. And for me, it took between three and four years for me to become a millionaire. Okay. Now, then you, you say, well, what do I do? Am I going to go deeper into real estate? Am I going to go wider into real estate? I'm gonna, am I going to go to buy more and more of this type of property. I'm going to buy more smaller little apartment buildings and more single-family homes. Or am I going to go up? I'm going to go up to 20 units, 50 units, 100 units. Or am I going to go wide? I'm going to go to, to Tucson, Miami, Boston. Because once you're good at one little uh, target territory, that's your city, then you've learned the, the ropes. You've learned the mistakes. You've kind of figured it out. It's been at this for two or three years. So you can go to another state. Well, where are the best prices available? You know, more than likely, if you're not in the Midwest, if you're on the East Coast or on the West Coast, Florida's pretty good, you know, Texas is okay. But when you get into the, the Midwest, the houses are selling for a third of what you could get in the California, a third. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the rents are still pretty good. So you get positive cash flows. How would you like to have 10 of those? See, Oof. yeah. Yeah. That passive income just like exactly. sets you up Exactly. Now there's there's hassle. Oh yeah, I get it. That's a fear that people have that people will trash their properties and then they'll lose out. That could happen. Yes, it could. It's going to happen in your lifetime, by the way. If you're buying 10 or 20 properties, one of them is going to be a dog. Guess the best thing to do of the dog. You discount its price. You become a highly motivated seller. 
you act like a highly motivated seller, you advertise like a highly motivated seller. If you're older, you say, if you're not feeling well, you go, I'm down, kick me. That's the ad in your, that's what you run. I'm down, kick me, need to get rid of this property. Or if you go, older man, anybody older than 20 is older, older Aww. man is sick of management, please come steal this property from me. And in a sense, they will be stealing it. Uh, it's a dog for you. Maybe it's because of bad tenants and long-distance management. It's a dog to you. Okay, get rid of it. You might even go one step further. I'll give you $1,000 to take this dog off my hands. Now, of course, that doesn't mean there's no cash involved. It means you're just going to add $1,000 to their down payment. Okay. But when you put that ad in the paper, you put that ad online, you put that ad in your social media, you let people know that you're a highly motivated seller, a don't-wanter, people will come out of the woodwork. And they'll say, I want that deal. That's great. I want that deal. Then when they call, get this. This is the secret. When they call, you say, I'm sorry, that one's sold. But I have another one. Tell me about your finances. What kind of money do you have? Might require a little more cash. What are you looking for? What are your financial strengths? What's your cash? What's your credit? What's your cash flow? Your collateral? And then you use the information they give you to go find one for them. You don't have to be hired to be a bird dog. Right. You just be a bird dog. You go look for deals for people who have all the strengths you don't have. And therefore, if you have a problem and it's a disaster, it's a dog, get rid of it. Get rid of it as quick as you can. Pay for somebody to take it off your hands. But get the numbers and the contact information and the, the resources. This is a, this is a way to, to attract resources. People who respond to ads that you write like that, even though you're dumping a property and losing money on it, the money, the people who call have the money that you're going to use for your next deal. I mean, I had a guy from uh, San Francisco. Prices are really high in San Francisco. And he goes, whenever I try to compete, everybody's, you know, they got cash. They're just cashing out. There's lines of people with cash. I'm, I don't have any cash. How can, I, how can I get these properties? I said, you're buying in the wrong city. So what do you mean? Well, what's the closest city that where prices are about a third of what they are in San Francisco? He says, Reno, Reno, Nevada. Nice city. Prices are half or more. Go buy in Reno. In other words, he's widened out his market. This is a good lesson for you guys. A good lesson. Listen to this. He finds a eight-unit apartment building. It's like a third of the price that what would cost if it was in San Francisco. But in Reno, that's the market. That's what people are paying for it. He writes an offer to buy it sight unseen. He looks at the pictures. He never looks at it inside. He never walks through it. He never drives to Reno to look at it. He just ties it up. He buys it. He gives them a small earnest money deposit, $15,000, $20,000 in a down payment You know, later, or whatever the down payment is. He knows that in the period of time from when he signed the offer to when he has to close, that's an option period. Right. That means if he could, he could flip the contract, not the real estate, but just the contract. Somebody would come along and pay him to take the contract off his hands. He never has to use his cash, credit, cash flow, collateral. The guy who buys it goes and fulfills the contract that he, he has written, so he puts an ad in the paper and he says, have this property that in San Francisco, the price would be dramatically lower. He advertises the price and people are calling like crazy. And when, he, when they call, he says, oh, by the way, the property's in Reno. They say, okay. 
The price is one third of what I could cost me if I get it here in San Francisco. Still a rental, still eight units. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Gets them to drive to Reno and look at it. <laughs> they look at it. They call him back. Like it. What's the What's the price? Well, it's fifteen thousand dollars higher than his purchase price. Hmm. He he increased the price by fifteen thousand dollars. And he said to them, "By the way, this is the contract. You're going to pay me fifteen thousand dollars for this piece of paper. I'm going to flip the paper to you. You are now." set up so that the closing happens in seven weeks or whatever. You're going to have to follow through on exactly what the contract says, which exactly the way I advertise it. And therefore, he said, if you want to wait to pay me, I'll wait until the deal is all closed. But in order for me to get my $15,000, there has to be a double escrow. Mm -hmm. means you got to pay me first so I can give you the title. Then you go pay the owner the title. You walk away with the title. I walk away with $15,000 in cash. So... You see how when a creative person looks at the real estate market versus a traditional realtor, a traditional realtor only has one note on the piano, cash, 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 strong buyer, strong buyer, strong buyer. If you're not a strong buyer, so I can't help you. Creative financing is all 50 keynotes, 50 notes. Try this, try that, try this, combine this with that. You know, in this example, buy in a different city and flip the contract to another city. This is creative financing. So the, the, most beginners, they have been trained, having lived in homes their entire life, that they buy things in a traditional way. But I'm your creative financing maestro. This is what I do. When I look at a, a re- piece of real estate, there are 50 scenarios that are going on in my head. <laughs> and I can combine technique number 39 with technique number 13. I say, that would be a perfect, that's the way I get the down payment. I combine technique number 42 with technique number 16. That gets me the mortgage, which I don't want to qualify for. Therefore, I get into the game. I take that $1,000. I turn it into $21,000. It turns into $35,000. It turns into $100,000. It turns into a quarter of a million dollars. It turns into, see what I'm saying? That's what creative real estate people do. That's my specialty. And that's why a lot of people are teaching you this stuff. They, they don't teach you this stuff because they haven't been doing it for 50 years. You know, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. A lot of your mentors are just trying to earn a little extra stream of income by mentoring you. They, they're up to their eyeballs in real estate. They have negative cash flows. They thought, well, maybe I could mentor somebody and bring them on my team and, you know, and, and help them find a deal and they'll pay me 10,000 bucks to do it. And they may probably have never done it before and they're doing it just to solve another financial problem they've got. You know, this, this is why you got to be careful about mentorship. You got to find out if your mentor has ever done this before, right? And sometimes the people will mentor with their brother-in-laws, with their sister-in-laws, with their, you know, a, a guy, a buddy they bowl with, you know? Yeah, I've been doing some real estate. You want me to teach you how to do it? Wrong, wrong answer. Don't, no. don't do that. And we are so happy to have you with your experience and all the different stories that you have seen when you were investing yourself into real estate and also your students' experiences. And it's super cool how you mentioned that you can truly get started into the game of real estate. It doesn't have to be something big. You can start super, super simple because from simple things, great things get accomplished. There you go. There you go. So yeah. So if you ever hear a guru saying, go big or go home, well, that's wrong. You can start with a real smart property and just like, Grow from yeah. there. Yeah, actually, I'm going to say the exact opposite. I'm going to say, if they say go big, get bigger and bigger and bigger, I'm going to say be be more modest. Make your goals, make your goals, your five-year goals, goals that you believe you think you can do even now with your limited circumstances, and then keep your word. Do what you say you're going to do. Just do it earlier. Don't do it in five. Do it in three. 
do what you say you're going to do. And most people, when they set goals, they set these big BHAGs, you know, big hairy-ass goals. That's what BHAG means, <laughs> big hairy-ass goals. And therefore, the people get in there and try it, and they realize, well, that's way beyond my capability. And then they give up, and they quit, and they break their word to themselves. I want you to keep your word to yourself. If you say you're going to buy a house this year, go buy a house, whatever it takes, period, end of story. Don't say you're going to buy 100 houses this year and you know you're not going to do it. It's just a, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. It destroys your, your, your integrity. Have, keep your word. And off you go. So thank you for reminding me that <laughs> big, hairy-ass goals are okay for some, but frankly, for beginners, no. Yeah, I mean, you can have these huge goals, but they are going to come in the long run. That's right. You have to start small so you can scale all your right. magnificent I have empire. so many students so. come up to me and they say, but Robert, I'm going to be making a million dollars a year by next year. I've heard that thousands of realistic. times. Thousands. Mm -hmm. As soon as they say that, yeah. I know immediately they're full of it. Mm -hmm. I know it. And I, I really shock them. And I, I say, don't you say that. Tell me you make 100,000 this year. That's realistic. Yeah, I can see you doing that. Then when you keep your word, okay, do it in 90 days. Mm -hmm. Great, go do it. But at least you said you would do that number. Right. Anyway. Well, thank you so much again, Robert. And it's amazing to have more inspiration and motivation for us to get started into the game of real estate. Everyone can get started into that. You can get started into real estate. Start small and grow big. So thank you so much again and see you on our next episode. Hey!